0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of drive time. Money FM eighty nine point three. It is drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Goentroa, Tian Tian. It is time now for market view. Tian Tian, set it up for us.
1: Right, a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore stocks opened nearly flat today following gains in the European market. If you look at the Straits Times Index, that was down 0.04% in early trade to 3,307 points. Some 87 million securities changed hands. Now off to the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 0.06% at 3,306 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 780. One million sing dollars, gainers outnumbered losers two hundred and forty one versus two hundred and forty. Top advances for today: Aces, Great Eastern, and Venture Corporation. And top decliners: GMH USD, Holpa, and New Incorporation USD. Now, in terms of corporate developments to watch, integrated resort operator Gunting Singapore's net profit for second half-year ended December, more than doubled from the year-ago period. And similarly, Semcom Industries posting a 54% on-year increase for H2 net profit ended December. So, for more market moves and views, we are joined by Sheikha Jaiswal, Head of Equities Research at RHB Singapore. Hi, Sheker, how are you?
0: Hi, Deantan. I'm good. Good to be on the show.
1: Great to have you on as well. And Sheikha, let's start with the Singapore stock market. How did the SDI fare for today and which are the levels to watch?
0: Right. You know, the index was pretty flattish, as you just very well summarized for the whole day's transactions. Uh, but, you know, this is not surprising. We started out pretty well at the year and then it's been moving sideways and have tapered off.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I
0: currently think that these levels, investors are really concerned on what kind of earnings outlook we will look at for 2023. And also the fact that, you know, we keep hearing about the possibility of interest rates keep going up, uh, potentially a recession. Now, all those things are definitely not the base case, but, you know, that concern is pretty much there. So for us, the view here is from these levels, we could see STI move up, but it will be a very slow grind as we get to the end of the year. Our year-end STI target is at about 3440, so not a lot of upside, but still a positive gain for the full-year basis. Hmm. Sheikha, if we take a look at the biggest movers for today, what stood out for you? Any surprises there? Well, for most of the index stocks, it was pretty much range-bound, plus or 2.5%. So nothing exciting or surprising okay. there. But if you look outside the indexing US, you know, Semcop Marine uh, rose sharply today. I think it yeah. ended the day at about close to 10% gain. And this is after the fact that the YTD performance has been dismal. Uh, you know, the... This came after the index provider MSCI. I mean, late last night said that you know it will be included in the indices from second of March, and that probably is the reason investors got excited. Those who had sold down in the stock or probably had built up some short positions had to buy back the stock, and that's where the sudden jump in the share price was probably visible at the end of the day. Shikhar, also standing out today, of course, Genting, Singapore, uh, reporting that its H2 net profit more than doubled to $255 Mm. uh, on the year. What does this tell us about the pace of travel and mice uh, recovery so far? Well, uh, the numbers seem startling, uh, but to be very honest, uh, the general consensus in the street was expecting it. So if you look at the fourth quarter revenue, which was pretty much in line of what the consensus was looking at, even for that matter, the EBITDA was probably slightly ahead of what the street was looking at, but that's purely because of slight improvement in the margins that came from lower than expected cost. Now, if you look at the numbers that they've reported and try to take a step back and understand where the industry is, uh, you look at the uh, the commentary that came from the management and they said, you know, China and Indonesia have reopened, so obviously uh, the Customers are coming back. We are seeing influx of uh, visitors into Singapore. But there's a, not a lot of frequency of flights into these countries. It is still quite low. I mean, you look at the STV data, the Singapore Tourism Board data, you know, flights to and fro from China are still at 10% of the capacity of where they were at pre-pandemic levels for the month of Jan. And, you know, it's quite likely, but these flights could actually come back to 70 to 80% of the pre-pandemic levels by end of this year. So definitely there is more upside on the travel demand and the mice industry recovery.
1: Hmm. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Sheikha Jaiswal, Head of Equities Research at RHB Singapore. And uh, well, Sheka, let's take a look at SEMCOM Industries' The mm-hmm. energy group saw a fifty four percent year on year increase in second half profits due to contributions from renewables and conventional energy segment. To what extent do you think this was within your expectations?
0: Well, uh, you know the consensus was looking at close to about eight billion of revenue and about close to eight eighty three million of profit. So if you look at the reported numbers, uh, spot on. Eight eighty three million net mm-hmm. profit was what they reported. But there were some exceptions in the numbers. So if you take those out, they came in at about 848. Uh, in in terms of the outlook, uh, obviously, it's still positive. But if you talk about the 22 performance, as you mentioned very clearly, renewables and the convention energy is what really was driving the earnings uh, for the company. Uh, the performance for the convention energy was largely driven by the fact that we had higher power prices, uh, both here in Singapore and as well as in U.K., and also the fact that this led to higher margins. So obviously the margin is a uh, is a difference between what gas prices they pay versus what the power prices are. So that spreads back pretty healthy, and that really helped. On the renewable front, obviously strong performance uh, really came from the completion of acquisitions that they had done in China, and also for the fact that Singapore's solar portfolio actually generated much better returns than expected especially on the back of higher power prices here as well. The only disappointment was probably the integrated urban solutions, where Mm -hmm. the profit was down 5%, and this is largely due to lower land and property sales in China. Now, the question here is, how do we look forward? Uh, I do believe that, you know, performance of the renewable segment will continue to improve. Uh, They have undertaken a lot of acquisitions in 2022, and even in to the point of early 2023, Mm -hmm. all those will start contributing towards the earnings as we get into the 23 and 24 period. So that looks fairly positive. On the urban front, which was a disappointment in 2022, they have continued to secure land bank. Uh, This will ensure that they have a steady land pipeline to sell going forward. On the conventional energy front, again, it's a question mark of where the gas prices are and how much they have hedged and what those prices are very hard to decipher those from the management commentary. But we can safely assume that on a year on year basis, you know, they would probably be fairly stable given that they should be smart enough to lock in on the hedges on the longer term basis. But for Semkov I think the story really is about renewables where they remain committed on growing their renewables portfolio to, to about 10 gigawatts by 2025.
1: Right, and away from SEMCOM Industries, Shaker, maybe let's uh, take a look at SingPost Q3 operating profit down 9.7% on year despite mm-hmm. rising revenue, partly due to that consolidation of freight management holdings. What's the outlook for SingPost really with its increased footprint in Australia?
0: Well, that's a very interesting story. You know, it, it all started back in December 2020. Yeah. Uh, I think they acquired about 28% stake. Then we went up to 51 in 2021. Then they went up to 88 in the early part of this year, and they have an option to acquire the balance 12% as well. And that's purely an option where, obviously, the price that we will pay will be tied to the future performance of freight management. Now, it's it's very easy to see uh, why Singapore is quite keen on really ramping up their shareholding in FMH. When you look at the performance of FMH, I mean, the three year compounded annual growth rate mm. for revenue and operating profit is about 28% and 50%. Now, that's that's really a shockingly mm. high number. And they are the fourth largest logistic service providers in Australia. Yeah. Now, you look at the revenue jump, it jumped from what 250 million odd Aussie dollars to about 524 million in FY22 from 2020. And the operating profit has gone up from 17 to 48 million during the same period. Now the idea here is the logistics market or the fourth-party logistics market is worth close to about a billion Aussie dollars, and that's where they already have had some presence, especially on the last-mile delivery network. So adding the Fmh onto their whole portfolio really is the key to uh, transform them into a global logistic enterprise, especially in Australia but they already had some capabilities, and you add on to the dig- uh, digitally enabled logistic capabilities from FMH, and it really looks like a solid
1: growth engine. All right, thank you very much, Shekhar Shekha Jaiswal, Head of Equities Research at RHB Singapore. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.